All right, folks, we are a quarter of the way through this Premier League season and through the season of Football Neophytes podcast. This week, we are going to talk about prayers for Raul, the Hughes Derby, Man U scoring non-penalty kick goals, our leads the new Burnley, the London Derby snoozer, and Fulham scoring on a penalty kick. And of course, our own football neophyte, Kyle, is going to give us a rundown on Brighton and Hove Albion. We look forward to hearing all that here in a minute. Gentlemen, welcome, Chris, Kyle. What's up, fellas? Not much, man. What's going on, Nate? What's going on? Nada. Just uh, feeling a bit of mix of emotions after yesterday's Hughes Derby, as we'll call it. Uh, my son, after the first season, chose Arsenal, and I, of course, am a Wolves fan, and so we had Wolves Derby Derby this weekend. Um, it was, it was crazy. Like I haven't experienced that type of emotion in a, in a match. It was so bizarre with Raul, uh, fracturing his skull. Yeah. Are you, are you actually coming to us live from outside of his hospital from London? Yes. I, I flew out here, got a last minute flight, um, set up vigil in front of the hospital. Light a um, candle. Yeah. Light a candle. No, but seriously, I, it was, it was one of those things where I'm not astute enough to have heard the sound live, but I wrote, uh, our most faithful listener and my good buddy Stu to just ask him about it. And he right away was like, Oh, I've heard that sound before. That's a fractured skull. Same thing that happened to Petra check. If you guys know that, uh, he was a, Chelsea goalkeeper for a long time. One of the best he's a Czech. He's actually also a Czech man, but, and he wore a helmet for a long time because he fractured his skull. Um, so basically same thing that happened to him, but I mean, the most scary thing, just any, any injury like that, you see a guy just go limp and not move. And the other thing that really concerned me, cause right. You, anytime there's like, guys going up for a header there's so many bodies and so much action and you're looking to see if the ball is going in the net and what's happening the biggest thing that made me worried was the reaction of the players around him yeah. right? when you see them look to the sideline and they're like waving waving the medics on that's when you know and then you look on their faces and you can see they're like sick to their stomach or they're turning away or they're covering their face and it was all of that mixed into the bag and I ended up listening or watching the video later because I wanted to see if I could pick out the sound and it was when you know what it is it's like such a disgusting sound so yeah Raul's out with fracture skull they did surgery um sounds like he's alert and doing well um but probably out for at least three months probably the rest of the season and I don't know. I saw some people talking about it being potentially career ending. Um, I guess we won't know, but he's not a young man. He's, he's 
I think at least 30 wolves have kind of known, you know, he probably wasn't going to be with them uh, for longer than a couple more seasons. And so, um, and my guess too, is you've got the psychology of it too, right? It's like, you have that bad of an injury. Is it, he's got a new baby. You just wonder like all the factors going into it. And it's obviously too, too soon to tell, but um, what'll happen, but definitely a lot of concern for him. And um, it was, it was, it was intense. Yeah. And now obviously I'm not a doctor, um, but you know, that, that kind of an injury, you, you pray and you hope for, for a speedy recovery, for a full health. You see that actually somewhat frequently in MMA. And as you know, before, I'm a huge MMA fan. Um, and you know, that's one of those just really scary injuries. Anytime there's a skull fracture an orbital orbital bone fracture, cheek fractures, things like that, you worry about it. Um, but you see a lot of times these guys, they heal and then they resume their fighting career in six months. And so it's one of those where, um, you hear it and you're shocked to have it happen on, on the pitch, on a soccer field. Um, it's such a rare injury for something like that. Um, and just being a combat sports fan, I kind of, part of me just kind of goes like, well, these things you can overcome. Um, you know, I mean, you see dudes having that and then they come back and they're back fighting in a couple months and it's crazy. And so obviously, hopefully speedy recovery for him. Hopefully this doesn't his career. He's only 29 years old, so he's still got a lot of good soccer left in him. Um, but yeah, we do hope, hope for the best for Raul for sure. Yeah. I think what was most impressive, a couple things about the match itself is Wolves came out with a really attacking lineup. Um, after, after last week, um, some other Wolves fans and I were like writing about some attacking options because we've been wanting to see Raul, Treore, Neto, and Podence all on the field at the same time. But it's kind of like unheard of for, for Nuno to put that type of a lineup out there. So when I saw the lineup announced, all those guys were on the field. Nuno went with a back four, which he typically doesn't do. Um, and had, had all those, all, all those guys in Neto or uh, Treori playing on the right, Raul kind of center uh, potence on the left and then Neto kind of playing a center attacking mid type position. And it was the most exciting football I'd seen the wolves play all season, even with Raul out, which I, you know, psychologically those guys were like emotionally drained after that moment. And so for them to rally play really exciting, attacking football, get some great goals, look, be out on the front foot for a lot of the match. Um, I was super excited. They play Liverpool next, next week. So it'll be, it'll be a true test of like Nuno's philosophy to see if he sticks with that attack or if he goes back to more of a traditional lineup and tries to park the bus a little bit to prevent Liverpool's attack and try and score on a counter. So I don't know what he'll do, but I hope he plays that lineup a lot more, obviously without Raul, but um, with Raul going out, getting to see Silva come in. And so he's young. I don't know what that means um, for him. He played fine, I think, Um, but the reason they brought him in was to replace Raul. And so 
my guess is he'll get his shot at least for for the foreseeable future yeah well for entertainment's sake i hope we see a lot more attacking from the wolves why bring those guys in if you're not going to utilize them in roles that they're kind of capable of and maybe more suited for um and also i got to give a shout out to potence because his his goal was a beauty so it really yeah. was it was a really nice goal I, I saw a stat today, actually, that Neto, I don't remember how many chances he's created, but he's created a ton of chances. I think he's ten top 10 in the league in chances created. So um, kind of unsung hero for Wolves so far, kind of flying under the radar. The other thing, and Diogo Jota obviously um, has been ev- the person everyone's talking about with him having such a successful start with Liverpool – but if if Jota's still on the team, Podence and Neto aren't able to get this much playing time. And so, again, I've said this from the beginning. I'm happy that Jota's having such a good run at Liverpool. I, there, I don't think there's a loser in this because the Wolves, it gave the Wolves a lot of money to shore up some other positions and really solidify them for the future. And I think it's going to be it's going to make Wolves stronger in the long run, having Neto and Podence playing as much as they are. So, um, yeah. But Chris, you, you should be happy. I think you, you probably have a similar feeling coming out of your game. Uh, I, I watched some of that match and man, you looked kind of fun actually. It was weird. Cause this was the, this is, this was the game kind of like what you're saying with the Wolves where, they played kind of how you thought they should be playing yeah, and showed up and, and granted early first half down 2-0 at halftime and down 2-0 playing fun. They had opportunities that they were just missing on. Um, so it wasn't like they were just getting blown out. They just, you know, Greenwood missed a pretty wide open net. Um, the South Atlantic goalie made some really good saves where he just, made himself big and caught the ball. Um, so there, there was a lot. Southampton looked good, right? Like watching that first, like, so yes, man, you played well, but Southampton looked really solid in that first half as well. And James Ward Prowse, like if anyone doesn't know who he is yet, like lick it up because that kid is awesome. He's probably the best free kick taker in the league right now. I, I think it'd be hard to find an argument against him. I agree. Especially after the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, and it's not just free kicks, his set pieces in general, set pieces in general, whether it was a corner, whether it was from outside, the thing that the commentators kept saying that it was just so right is he's so unbelievably consistent with all his deliveries that it's such a weapon to use in those set pieces, because for the most part, and he's putting the ball right where he wants to put it every single time right now. And so shout out to him. Um, so going into halftime, man, he's down 2-0, not playing bad, playing really fun ball, um, just not converting on chances. And Ole did something Ole never does. He actually made substitutions at half. De Gea actually got injured in goal. Um, on, on the Ward, on the Ward Prowse uh, uh, yes. free kick. Yeah, he uh, he dove across and he ends up diving into his own post and injuring his his left knee. And so he comes out at half, he's limping off the field, which he's done a lot. He's a soccer player. You got to sell your injuries. 
And um, they actually put uh, Dean Henderson in at half. And the bigger change was Dean the hat. Dean the hat. Dean the hat. I was ready for the hat to come out too, but too cloudy. Uh, probably needs a little be a little bit more sunny for that. Um, but he also uh, he went to Cavani and put Edison Cavani in, pulled Greenwood, and um, that was a game changer. Cavani actually leads to all three goals. The first goal. Uh, he had a really nice assist into Bruno. Bruno just finishes. And then from there, it was kind of like they broke the seal and let's just go. Um, just kick Bruno, it to Cavani's head was the, was yeah, the well, theory the, from then the second, on out. The second goal came in on a corner and it just got deflected. Um, it got deflected by the goalie out straight to Fred. Fred with a single touch is probably the best pass of Fred's life. Um <laughs> He should, he should get that reel clipped and just save it on his phone or post it on his wall or something uh, with a beautiful one touch to Bruno who just slams it into the box and it goes off a South, Southampton defender <clears throat> up into the air. Cavani just comes diving in and heads it in for the second goal to tie it up. And then about 10 minutes later, um, a set piece is a really nice set piece because Bruno's taking the kick from out. And instead of just firing it into the box where everyone was lined up, he actually kicks it down and out to the outside where Rashford was and Rashford sends the ball in where Cavani with another diving goal. Um, I loved it because it was so unlike what Man U has done for so long. Um, and, you know, probably 90% of the teams out there take that free kick that Bruno's doing and just, just send it into the box. Let's hope for a header. Um, so hopefully it was kind of like a catching them off guard a little bit and not being ready to defend that play, but it was a really fun match, even as like a non, if you're just a bystander watching that match, there was so many chances for both sides. There was, you know, five goals scored. It was just a fun match to watch. I came out on the better end of it this time, which you're happy about, but at the end of the day, you know, had man, you lost two, nothing two one and they played how they played. You accept it. And you go Southampton's really good. They're in the top five going into the game. They're in the top five on the table. Um, and you just accept that they're a good squad. You played really well, but you came up short today. Um, but I get, you know, the three goals came through in the second half. Man United wins, climbs into the top 10. Um, still have that game in hand that they can climb higher on. Um, but it was a good weekend. It was a good game. It was fun to finally be happy after a game, totally. especially, you know, at, even after a win. It was fun to be happy and go, hey, they played good. And the manager actually made the right calls. It was amazing what can happen. Totally. Uh, the other match, a couple other matches to talk about before we get to the big match, which ended up being not that big. But I just wanted to bring up Everton leads, leads with back-to-back clean sheets. I Something has to be said about that. Um, they're not scoring goals anymore, but they're, they're – I mean, they scored one, which is enough, right? Um, but – I don't know. We'll see. Leeds with back-to-back clean sheets. They got to be happy about that. Um, Everton fading away. Um, they're not who we thought they were. Um, even though I don't think any of us really thought they were top of table team, but definitely uh, unfortunate to see them kind of fading away. It'll be interesting to see if they can stop the slide, if Ancelotti can do anything to stop that. Um, and then the match of the week, Chelsea Tottenham, uh, one versus three going into the match. Um, More like the letdown of the week. Yeah. Big it time letdown of the week. Matinho playing his 
defensive minded, defensive mindedness. Son Kane couldn't get anything going. Um, four total shots on target. Um, only one in for the game, not, not for one team in the game. Yeah, in the game, um, I think I think Chelsea went like sixty or seven. Well, yeah, I think Chelsea went like sixty or seventy minutes without a shot on target. Spurs only had one, so um, it was yeah, it was kind of a snoozer, snoozer of a game. But for one thing. <laughs> That's right. Pulisic came on. Played, I think, the final 15, 20 minutes or so. Didn't really have anything notable uh, in the match, but it's good to see him out there. We'll see if he's fit enough to maybe get the start uh, next week. Um, Tottenham plays Arsenal in the North London Derby, so um, we'll see if, if Captain America can get out there. It'd be good. It'd be good to see him get out there. It's a good squad to come back against. Arsenal's really struggling right now. Uh, you're you're starting to hear whispers that Arteta could be on his way out. Even Arteta yeah. addressed that in his presser that, you know, <laughs> it could be his time to go. Um, Anytime so that- you address a press conference and you say stuff like, you know, I've always known that my time would end here, whether it's by being sacked or leaving on my own, you're like, dude, you've only been there for a year. That's, that's not a good, that's not a good, uh, as a manager, you gotta, you gotta approach it like, uh, uh, Trump or Ole where no, that's just not true. We're a happy squad. Things are great here. Don't worry about it. We're fine. No one's going anywhere. Totally. We're the best squad. Don't look at the table. It lies. Just all caps. <laughs> Kyle we touched on this match a little bit but Kyle uh, you focused on Brighton and Hove Albion Liverpool Uh, give us give us a little recap oh before before we get to Kyle and and his breakdown which is my favorite section of every week um, this was easily the best match for Kyle to watch this week because it literally was batshit crazy it had everything in this game everything happened in this game great well i'm excited to hear kyle's kyle's rundown on it um and if he recognizes all of the bat shittiness yeah you i I think you might need to fill me in on some of the stuff but it definitely was pretty crazy in the sense of it was a match of missed opportunities um brighton had a couple early opportunities that they really failed to capitalize on a breakaway and a penalty which were both just completely off target uh, so missed those opportunities early. Liverpool also had two goals called back for offsides. Uh, and then finally in the 93rd minute of va- what I thought was a very questionable penalty that gave Brighton the chance to tie it up, which they did. And so it ends in a draw. Um, but yeah, Chris, I'd be curious to know what were some of the things that stood out to you in terms of the craziness that maybe slipped by me. No, I think you nailed most of it. Um, the two disallowed goals by, you know, for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and again, it was another one of those, where are they going to put the magical lines to figure out yeah. whose armpit is where? I mean, he totally. was barely off on the first. The second one was a good call. You could see that even without the lines being drawn. You saw Mane was offside. Um, the Mope missed, missed 
penalty kick early in the yep. was crazy. And I mean, it wasn't stopped. He kicked it wide and missed. He just flat out missed. It was almost like he was playing for Fulham. And then uh, <laughs> what I the maybe the weirdest part of it all was when uh, with Liverpool up one nothing early second, they pull Mohamed Salah out of the game. Yeah, and with with the injuries that Liverpool's been saddled with, it was, and you could tell Mo was not having that. He was really upset to be getting pulled. I understand you want to get Mane out there, but I love Mane next to Mohamed, not in place of Mohamed. Yeah. And so I, it felt like maybe the first time in two years that um, Klopp made a mistake as the manager. Um, I'm sure he doesn't feel that way. Obviously Mohamed was not happy about it. Um, so, you know, you have the substitution and then Brighton scores late on a penalty kick and they end up dropping two points super late in the match that they probably should have had pretty easily. Yeah. It's hard for me to understand why you would ever pull a player who's at Saleh's level, but especially at like 60 minute mark, so much match to go. Maybe if you're up 4-0, you know, like sure. Man, like Man City playing uh uh who did they pound out? Burnley. <laughs> Burnley. You know, maybe if you're up huge like that, you go, yeah, we don't need another injury, come on off. But yeah, one oh in a pretty tight game that has seen some wackiness up to that point. I don't know. Kyle yeah, and all it takes is that one penalty at the end of the at the end of the match there. Um and they tie it back up. Yep. Kyle, did my boy uh, Lamptey do anything to impress? Did he stand out to you? He did not. No. You're like who? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, even hear, didn't even hear his name called. So Kyle, you focused on Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, give us a little little rundown on them. All right, boys. Well. Now is the time we figure out what is an Albion. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three choices to start this off, okay? What is an Albion? Is it a seagull? Is it a, is it a term, an old term for a footballer? Or is it another name for England? Okay, I'm, I'm just basing this off of a logo. So I'm going to take the seagull just because it's in their logo. I'm recusing myself of this because I actually did my own research after our last pod when I was waiting for the podcast to render. And so I will not answer because I know the answer to it. Fair enough. Well, Chris, I I threw that in there to trip you up. It is not a name for a seagull, although that is a good guess. Um, It is actually another name for England. Often associated with a certain part of England near the coast with the, the tall white cliffs that are known for that area. And so that is, that is why they call themselves Albion. Uh, well, I'm not Bromwich, Okay. So here I, be, I trust you and I absolutely believe you, but West Bromwich Albion is, I think like right in the center of the country. So right. who knows? That's yeah. Weird. No, I, I think that there is different, so it's definitely a term for old England, right? Okay. But I think that certain people 
<clears throat> will associate it with parts of England and, and then maybe other parts will attribute it to the entire island itself. It. And so, but, but nevertheless, they tack that on to Brighton and Hove. If that was not long enough, they needed to add on Albion as well. Uh, and so that is what they go by. Is Hove was, a city? Because I know Brighton's a city on the coast. Is Hove also a city? They are both, they were at both, at one time, both individual cities. And now they they kind of, I believe, go uh, in a lot of ways associate as one city. Although that's controversial as well, I believe. Huh. And so... Yeah, and so I feel, I feel like Hove is the forgotten city, uh, especially when it comes to their name, because you just call them Brighton, right? And then yeah. the people in Hove are like, what about us? It's and Hove. Uh, and so anyways, Brighton and Hove, Albion, it's a mouthful. But I was set up to really, I wanted to like these guys a lot. They were down on the coast. I was like, hey, if I ever make it to England to see my favorite team, that would be a great location yes. to go to. So I really was hoping that I would be drawn to them. And so we'll see how it turns out, right? For infrastructure, their owner, Tony Bloom, is a guy who's best known for being a famous sports better and professional poker player. <laughs> His nickname is The Lizard. So apparently he's done pretty well for himself, right, in sports betting and poker playing uh, because he now owns a professional soccer team. So that's pretty that's cool. Controversial right there. <laughs> yeah. If they, if they have any controversial endings, we got to figure out where Tony had his money on. For that's sure. right. uh, their, their manager is kind of this youngish uh, guy who they feel like can get the most out of the limited resources that they have. His name's Graham Potter. He's sort of an interesting character. They play in a, relatively newer stadium that really has a nice look to it it's not that big it holds about thirty thousand. it's called palmer or excuse me falmer stadium uh, but it has a really nice look to it so all those things combined for infrastructure i gave them two golden boots uh a little shady ownership but uh you know not nothing too 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 many red flags there then we move down to culture and again, I was hoping for something here. I wanted to really buy into the culture and Brighton and Hove. But from what I could gather, it just seems like one of those places that is more of a tourist destination, a beach town. They have a, they, they're known as one of the hippiest cities in England. Oh, I like that. And I wish I would. I wish I would have known that when I was making my picks. I can. You would have fit right in there. I believe. I think. I don't know that I would fit in as much. I, I would definitely would want a vacation there. But I think along with that comes sometimes a lack of, uh, a lack of what's the word I'm looking for? Fervor for your for your sports teams, right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know that they have a very passionate fan base from what I was able to gather. They also haven't had a ton of success historically. They had dropped all the way down to the fourth division at one point in the last couple of decades. And we're on the brink of just being liquidated as a club. And so they're, they're really, to, to be honest, in some ways, it's pretty remarkable that they've been able to get back to the Premier League, even though they haven't had any 
uh, sort of real success along the way to get there. But they're here. They've been here for a few years. But again, doesn't seem like they have a lot of supporters with uh, much tradition to speak of. So only gave them one golden boot for culture. Similar story for their big players, their strikers, players you can root for. Not a lot to really, you know, that that's memorable. Uh, I, in fact, no, no players stood out for me. Uh, again, really wanted to that not to be the case, but one golden boot for strikers. I do have some good news to finish this out here as we talk about kits and sponsorship. So obviously, as you guys know, their kits are these really sharp looking blue and white stripes. They have uh, American Express as their sponsor across the chest. It looks sharp, right? It's a, it's a known commodity. People know what American Express is. It's not too distracting. But again, the blue and white stripes, really clean, very classy. So the good good. Uh, news here to end it out four golden boots for bright and hove albion for kits and sponsors unfortunately you add that all up and i will definitely be visiting brighton and hove albion as they host whichever team i pick but they are going to uh, go into the brian mcbride tier for now yikes I realized why you didn't, why Lamptey did not stand out to you this week. And that is because he had the double yellows. Remember he, he wasn't the there card okay, last okay. week. So yeah. He wasn't available. It was an unfortunate time for you to, to key in on Brighton and Hove. Maybe when you catch him later in the season, he'll catch your eye, but yeah. Yeah. There's, I can, I can understand your feelings. I felt the same way when I uh, followed them. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, December, December, Kyle, if you didn't realize December, I don't know why, but the premier league just throws as many games into the month of December as they can. It is, it's a crazy fixture schedule. There'll be games. I think I saw somewhere that including including champions league in europa i think there's only two days in the next in the next 31 that don't have a premier league team playing so it's a football lover's dream december's super fun but it makes or breaks certain teams and this is where depth really matters. You know, teams, especially in the Champions League and Europa, they've got, they'll have five, they'll have probably, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. They'll have six league matches this month and then potentially two other matches. So depth really matters. So the bigger squads have a little bit of an advantage. Well, the bigger squads are usually playing in those European competitions as well. So they need that that extra depth, but this will really stretch teams. And I just want to call out two teams in particular that I think we'll see what they're made of because their fixture schedule is brutal. Now, he wasn't able to look at every team, so maybe there's a team that has harder schedules, but two teams, Tottenham, they're top of table right now. I think we're really going to see at the end of December, is are they really title contenders this year? Tottenham faces... Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves, and Fulham. 
pretty tough, uh, pretty tough mat, uh, fixture schedule. The other team I want to key in is, uh, my very own Wolverhampton Wanderers. I think I feel pretty strongly that they have the toughest December of anyone. They go to Liverpool this weekend. Then they play Aston Villa, which Aston Villa is playing well, but it's also a Derby, which makes it always challenging. Then they play Chelsea at Burnley where Wolves typically struggle. Then they finish the month with Tottenham and Manchester United. It is a vicious schedule. And so I think we're going to get a real, and then with Raul being out for all of those matches, I think we're going to get to really see our wolves legit. Can they hang if they make it through December and they're still top six, top seven, I think they have the staying power for the rest of the season. If not, they'll probably be a mid table squad. Um, and then Tottenham, of course, if they make it through still top of table, I think they have a real chance to contend. So Chris, what's uh do you know what man used December looks like? Yeah, it's stacked with games because they have the Champions League games in there too. So they, they've got eight matches in December. Yeah. Um, it, it starts out a lot harder than it finishes. Actually, no, I take it back. Uh, they got West Ham, who's towards the top. They're five uh, right now. Yep. They've got a Champions League match a couple of days later against Leipzig, who is really good. Uh, they should have a match this week too, right? What's that? Don't they have a match this week? Yeah, they play West Ham this week. Oh, yeah, sorry. No. So Yeah, you're right. They played nine games because they play PSG um, oh. on Wednesday. Jeez. Okay. They go. Sorry. So they go PSG, West Ham, Leipzig. The Manchester Derby against City, and oh. then they then they get a break with Sheffield United and Leeds United. Oh, okay. Before closing December with Everton, Leicester, and Wolves. Yeah, it's that, not easy. That's not that's easy. easy. That's com- I would say that's comparable because Leeds will be a tough match. Having Sheffield will be nice, but they got City. I mean, there's there's some tough. That's a tough run. Yeah, my hope is that they so they just need a draw in their last two Champions League games um, to secure their spot and move forward. So I'm hoping at worst case, maybe against PSG on Wednesday, they just they can get a draw and not have to worry about that final match. They just um, need one draw in the last. They, they need uh, one point to one. guarantee. Yeah, because they they started out so well. So yeah. and that was you know everyone was saying that that was the group of death. And if they you had a point where they just need death, you're in great. That's that's good. That'll be good for Ole. Ole's staying yeah. power. Yeah. So yeah, a t- tough December for sure. Just you know, we'll see what happens. Yep. All right. Well, on to term of the week. I am actually bringing us our term of the week this week. Shows you're never too old to learn. Uh, I was watching the match today. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, ball deflected in or was crossed in. Uh, I'm not really even sure what happened on the play, but uh, the guy had to take a swing with his left foot at the ball and didn't make good contact and the ball went wide. And uh, the, the commentator said, that's a tough shot with your good foot, but even even tougher with your swinger. 
I was like, swinger, what in the heck? I mean, I, I picked up from the context a little bit what he meant, you know, your off foot, your, your non-dominant foot. Um, and so I did a little research and it is true. It is uh, what they call your non-dominant foot, but it actually is more often referred to when a guy has a weak non-dominant foot. So if he's actually not good, with his non-dominant foot, they called his swinger because he just kind of swing, he swings his leg at it. So as non, as non football players, the three of us, I'm sure any of us, I assume we're all right footed, but I know that if I had to take a shot, shot with my left foot, it would for sure be a swinger because it would be pretty, pretty pathetic. It'd be about the it, equivalent of me trying to throw with my left hand. Yeah, I was gonna say anything I do with any part of my the left side of my body would be fall into this category. Totally. So swinger, there's our term of the week, brought to you by yours truly. Uh, performance of the week, I have uh, Ward Prowse. Um, it's kind of a dual uh, performance of the week. I just it's hard not to have Ward Prowse in there with his two set pieces. Um, Obviously, the the perfect corner that set up the goal, the first goal, and then his just beautiful strike uh, that scored the goal. Um, well, and then he finishes it up with something I really appreciated, with which was a baseball swing, home run swing. Although it very well could have been a cricket swing, cricket, right, a cricket for swing. all we know. But I, I'm going to choose to believe it was a baseball home run swing. Totally. Um, but I'm going to also say you got to get, I mean, Cavani's performance with the game winner, um, two goals assist was a part of all three of the goals for, for Man U coming back. Got to, got to give him some love too. For sure. I had, I had Cavani as my, uh, performance of the week. That second, his second header goal was just so sick and so slick. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Mares. He got the hat trick for City. Um, it was maybe the easiest hat trick I've ever seen. That's why it's so easy to brush past it. Um, but I got another one. I don't necessarily want to call it the uh, non-performance of the week because that, that might be a little brutal, a little rough on this. But Burnley started a brand new goalkeeper getting his first premier league action in his young career. He's 24 years old. Uh, his name's Bailey Peacock Farrell. Oh yes. And he, you gets know where he's from? Uh, I think he's American. No, he no, was from Northern Le- Ireland. He was with Leeds in that first season. Oh of- yeah. He was their keeper. He's who they replace with the dude from Real Madrid. That's right. Okay. So Bailey Peacock Farrell reappears to us and gets his first ever start in the Premier League. So nice of Burnley to let him start against Manchester City. And they (laughs) just buried him five goals to nil. Uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell, I'm sorry. I feel bad for you, but. What a first time out, huh? There you go. Um, For assist of the week, I'm giving mine, and I think we all kind of have some. Actually, Chris, I'm going to let you take this since it's your boys. Um, 
Go for it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about. We all had the same. We all had. We all picked the same assist of the week. So. We all, yeah, uh, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but it was that set piece where Bruno kicks it out wide to Rashford, who crosses it in, and Cavani gets the game winner off it. I mean, just a beautiful one, two, three. Uh, don't want to spend a whole lot of more time on it because we already have, and I appreciate it that you guys. Uh, I like it when I get verified that I'm not just being a homer with some of these picks, like because I really do try to not just slant everything to what I enjoy. Um, so it's cool to see that, you know, we all kind of were like, that was a great goal. No, that's, I mean, that's service from, from Rashford into Cavani. I mean, Cavani's obviously puts himself in great position, but for Rashford to get it to him there, I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful assist. Yeah. One of the things I I love the commentators talking about how hard he is to guard because he literally never stops moving. He's kind of like, I don't know if it's a good analogy, but you know, with the Golden State Warriors and Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry just constantly moving without the ball to get open shots. Kind of what what that made me think about is how he just he gets in the box, he never stops moving, so he can never settle down as a defender with him. Yeah, he's a poacher. I'll take it. Sitting in there poaching goals. Poach three points, baby. There you go. Well, let's look at our lock it in review. Uh Chris with the ballsy Man U over Southampton, Southampton reverse reverse curse. It was great, man. It was an upset pick. It was my team, which I almost have a rule to never pick my team in one of these. Uh, but sometimes you just got to go for it. There it is. I took City over Burnley, my back-to-back Burnleys. Where Squeeze I that one out. Picked picked one to win, picked one to lose. And Kyle, uh, a disappointing draw with picking Liverpool over Brighton. Who do you got this week, Kyle? All right, this week, I'm going to reward Fulham by not picking them, even though they're out, uh, picking against them, I should say. But I'm going to reward them for winning, for a valiant effort. They're out of the relegation zone, but I'm not picking against them. Instead, I'm going to also give a reward to Leeds, who has been playing great defense, still winning some games, and I'm going to pick them upset special, Leeds over Chelsea. Leeds over Chelsea. All right. I hope that that game is the exact opposite of the Chelsea Spurs game I just had to watch. Um, Let's get 19 goals in that match, please. Let's do it. Rooting for it. Chris, who are you going for? Yeah, I am taking the absolute obvious choice this week. I think it's the easiest game to call. This is a really weird week. I was looking at it, and we'll hit on it in just a second. There's not a ton of, like, really good matchups. There's only two matchups where two top ten teams are actually playing each other. Um, so I'm taking the easy way out this week, and I'm picking against Kyle's Fulham squad. Because uh, they're playing Manchester City coming off a five-goal five routing. Um, Fulham's going to have their hands full, and there should be a lot of goals conceded there. I like it. I'm going with uh, Southampton over Brighton and Hove Albion. No reason. Other, no reason. <laughs> I don't think Brighton's very good, and I, I think Southampton will rebound uh, after their loss. But Lampy will be back, right? Yeah, I think he'll he do all right. everything. 
They're going to lose 3-1. Okay. With a Lamptey goal. <clears throat> I like it. The great part about Brighton and Hove Albion's name is if, if they were just called Brighton, you might say, well, where's Brighton? Which one are you talking about? There's a lot of Brightons around. You'd say, well, it's Brighton next to Hove. It's Brighton and Hove, don't you know? They're like, well, yeah, but what, like, what country is it in? And they'd say, England. And they'd say, what? No, I'm from the 1800s. I don't even know what England is. And you say, well, it's Albion. Like, oh, the Brighton and Hove Albion. Got it. I know exactly which word you're talking about. It's an eternal, like, it's a timeless name. It's timeless. That's right. You always will know where, where they are. Um, kind of like the Arizona 49ers. <laughs> yes. The Arizona 49ers, part owners of Leeds. That's right. There it is. There's the there's the football connection. <clears throat> All right, match of the week. Uh, there's only one match facing two top seven teams. See how I kind of worked that in. Uh, Wolves at Liverpool. I think um, obviously it's a good match because they're two really good teams. Really good, <laughs> kind of like undercutting Liverpool. They're great, but Wolves are really good and. I think also the subtext of uh, the first time Diego Jata faces his old club. Um, I think that adds, adds a whole nother layer to it. So that's my match of the week. Um, there's also the North London Derby, which will be good to keep out, keep an eye on. Um, derbies are always tough. Uh, I think Chelsea Leeds will be an interesting match to watch as well. Chris, who do you got for match of the week? Who, who, yeah, I think I think best match to watch if you're picking one to watch is going to be Liverpool Wolves. Um, I'm going to go with a homer pick. It's the only other matchup that has two top ten teams playing each other: West Ham versus Man United. Um, should be a good one. Should be. It, I almost don't even know what to expect anymore because that team that played over the weekend was not the team that played the first eight weeks of the season. So if that team shows up, that's going to be a really fun match, um, especially with how well West Ham's playing right now. Yeah, West Ham's an anomaly. I don't, I don't get it. It's hard for me to see them as a top five team over the course of the season. I think I picked them to get relegated, so it's <laughs> even more hard for me to imagine them up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really that game I feel like could go either any anyway. It's like it literally no idea. It's the game not to pick. If there was a game I would not try and predict, it's Manchester United and West Ham. Kyle, what match are you going to be focusing on? Yeah, one of the ones that you guys already called out, Liverpool Wolves. That one stood out to me, and I haven't yet watched Liverpool. I've, I've watched them, but not with a close eye. And so I'm going to be taking a close look at the boys from Liverpool. Great. That should be a great one to watch. I'll be watching it as well, for sure. With that, that's all we've got for today. Well, I have one final thought, final add-on, because we would be very remiss not to say rest in peace, Diego. Maradona. Oh, great point. Um, yeah. Very sad news of his passing, and even sadder if you Google it and read that there's actually an investigation into his doctor as to whether or not this was a homicide. Nice. So um, really crazy stuff, but what a legend that guy was, even as – a non-huge soccer fan growing up in the United States, that was a name I knew 
it was like a Pele. It was, you know, it was Pele and Diego Maradona were these two names, these iconic soccer players that, that I just knew for whatever reason, not even watching soccer, not even playing soccer as a kid. Totally. Um, I knew those two names. Uh, if you haven't seen it, the documentary that HBO did that they released earlier this year is absolutely incredible. It's worth your hour and a half or two hours, however long it is. Um, an amazing look into his life and even makes me feel like it's even more amazing how good he was on the pitch considering what his personal life was like. Yeah. So huge loss in the soccer world. Rest in peace, Diego. Um, just a legend. Yeah. I think even, uh, even the subtexts were, as we're a premier league podcast talking about English soccer, there's, England has a very interesting relationship with Diego Maradona hand of God goal in the world cup that eliminates England. Um, a lot of interesting subtext there. So I think it's, yeah, but a legend again, I kind of feel the same way as you. There's only a handful of names I knew as a kid, um, for soccer players and Maradona was one of them. Yeah, and a, a super cool, if you haven't checked it out, YouTube this one, but uh, Messi over the weekend scored a very Diego-like goal and takes off his Barca jersey to reveal the Diego jersey underneath. Uh, yeah. Really cool moment. Uh, you know, it, Messi's on, on, on file as saying Diego is his favorite player and the guy he looked up to. It's great. Well, with that, uh, we will we'll head out. All right, boys. Good work. All right. See you Blazer next time. Blazer out. See you.